Pickaxe. Hey all, I'm Dr. Alok Kanoja, but the internet knows me as Dr. K. I spent seven years studying to become a monk and then became a psychiatrist. I want to tell you a little bit about my podcast, Healthy Gamer GG where we combine my clinical experience of practicing psychiatry and sprinkle in years of experience as a meditation teacher and sort of focus on spirituality. So on the podcast, we're going to approach very common everyday problems from each of these lenses. And what we really do well is blend science and spirituality to create the most accessible solutions for people for their everyday problems. So check us out at Healthy Gamer GG on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple. Happy New Year! Yahoo! Welcome back, everybody. New Year, same podiots. How you doing, guys? Uh, I'm great. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, great. We're all winding back up. We forgot to find a blobby before we recorded. It shows how rusty we are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We didn't even remember what what time the episode goes out does it go at 1pm or 3pm I'm not sure who knows it's Um, it's fucking money is Uh, I actually had a proposition for you guys feel free to to veto I'm just bringing it as a topic of conversation I'm not necessarily suggesting we do it Mm. obviously we were obsessed with Dave Benson Phillips yeah see I thought about this the other day Mm. I'm not even going to say okay we left him out of it we pivoted to Blobby last year was the year of Blobby Mm -hmm. do we to keep things fresh because we're so stale, do we chi- do we pivot again to another beloved uh, sort of nineteen nineties obscure UK television children's champion for twenty twenty four? We could do, but it would have to be some. I mean, surprisingly, Dave was deep enough of a well that we didn't seem to quite run out of Dave Benson Phillips's. Uh, Mister yeah. Blobby is a bottomless well of uh, photos. There will never be. Not a new blobby because in the fortnight it takes us to do an episode, there's probably been a new photo of him for some reason doing something. <laughs> so it would have to be someone who has been heavily photographed. Maybe Noel Edmonds is is candidate, <laughs> but um, that's too blobby adjacent though. It like, is, isn't that's the problem? We're going to start afresh. We got to go far Just away from the blobby family. We could do boo cakes. We could go for Neil boo cakes. Yeah, oh, there yeah. might be enough of him standing next to big giant novelty pencils and yeah. stuff. Uh, Are you guys open to the idea? Do, or do you, would you rather stay in the safe shores of Blobdom? I think I'm getting a bit... Well, I'm not tired, but I think like we're starting to exhaust the pool and like... Getting a bit like, blobbed off. Yeah, it's just like, it's good. And then, But we're starting to eke into the, like, the horror side of Blobby, where like all the ones we find now are just a little bit off-putting, a little bit scary in some ways. And yeah, yeah. while I would love to really explore that cavern... Maybe we should go for something a little bit more wholesome. I'm not opposed to Neil. And also, you, look- like, you, you get classic, you know, TV Neil and modern Neil. Who's like in a, Neil. In, yeah, modern Neil rocket. is like, he's kind of sexy. Have you seen him recently? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Hang on, let me send you a sexy Neil. We could, we've got some, like, real, oh, it's the smolder on, <laughs> on, like, middle-aged Neil is, is, it's something, isn't it? Yeah. Some real, some real DILF energy there, right? <laughs> I don't yeah. know if he has children, but uh, sure. Um, the thing is, scrolling through photos of Neil, other than mm. the smolder, um, yeah. the ones where he's in his art attack jumper are all very similar. It would look like they we're are. doing the same Neil every uh, every week. But, um, oh, man. It's a good know. point. 
Remember when I discovered that there were different Neils for yeah. different international <laughs> markets? Maybe we could do a different Neil every fortnight. We could, yeah. <laughs> I quite like that. Yeah, let's yeah, let's see all the parallel universe Neils. Are there it's, enough Neils? So from next episode on, are we we're doing an art. This is the year of Art Attack. This is an Art on Attack. Podiots. We can we and we can do any interesting Neils we can find where he is holding yeah. a, a huge paintbrush. I've like I've just seen one where he's standing in front of a plane on a yes, I saw that one too on a runway for some reason. Um, so there's enough. If if it's just a, a general Art Attack uh, photo, maybe we could do one or two of the head. Um, oh. Yeah, Spanish Neil. Last uh, year was a big year for us in terms of meeting our heroes, right? Oh. Yeah. People so we're still yet to meet. Maybe this will manifest some Neil, some some quality Neil action. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blobby, we didn't manage that. Uh, but as we've discovered, it is actually just a man inside a gorilla suit inside the Mr. Blobby suit because the illusion was shattered when they were all up on eBay. That sort of ruined it for me. I thought Mr. Blobby was a real person who paid taxes, and turns out he's not. What have you? What is that? What have you sent there? That is in the Google image search results for Neil Buchanan. I think it might be him. It Which is, one's Neil? <laughs> Child Neil Buchanan with a chimpanzee on his knee, a black and white photo. He's got a big plaster on his knee as well, where he's cut himself. The uh, chimp has cut him, Children do, yeah, indeed. Um, I, find, I find monkeys deeply unsettling. That is a scary looking monkey. Oh, it is. It's from neilbuchanan.co.uk. It's oh, he's got a website. website. It's his biography page. So it, I think that really is Child Neil with a chimp. Wow. Buchanan, Marseille. I wonder if his band, if they tour, do they do meet and greets? Marseille oh. were, that's not a good start, is oh, it? No. Past tense. Marseille oh. were a British heavy metal band from Liverpool formed in 1976 by Neil Bucakes. Whoa. Oh, wow. Didn't realize it was like that early on. Wow. And they won the UK Battle of the, the first band to win the UK Battle of the Bands competition at Wembley Arena in 1977. Wow. I was just in for big things. Well, wow. let's There's check a lot his Wikipedia and see if he is still, even though Marseille are seemingly no longer a thing, is he still yeah. active as a... Uh, what's he um, doing? Yeah, what's he up Neil. to these days? I did, for the, uh, what, what episode, what milestone, it would have been 100, wasn't it, when we were at the Yogscast offices at the beginning of 2022, April mm. time. Um, I did send his website an email, I feel like, and I didn't hear anything back. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't have a great deal of luck with that. I'd never heard back from... Um, What's his name? Uh, God, David David Miliband. I didn't hear back from David Miliband either, which is <laughs> <No>. weird. <laughs> yeah, I was referred Ed anywhere. It's fine. Yeah. Ed, I meant Ed. Oh, no, it was Ed because that's Ed? whose photo we had. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, Ed it was Ed. Sorry, David was the competent one. My mistake. It's <laughs> yeah. my bad. Well, it says uh, years active, nineteen seventy six to present. Just generally Neil Buchanan active, but uh, it does say that Marseille. <laughs> Broke up, but then it also says the band reformed in two thousand and nine. So Ooh. I don't know if what what which of those two bits of information are is the most recent. The reform did they reform and then break up again, and that's why it's saying was or hmm. you know don't know. But for the American economist and legal scholar, see Neil H. Buchanan. Thank oh, you. Oh right, it's often a, a confusion. That yeah, I have. it is. Yeah. Let's see if they're on. Spotify. I think they might be. Oh, yeah, um, could be. See if they've done a recent oh, no. Do they? song. That, Are they that on Spotify? That doesn't look like them. That looks like a very different band. Oh no. I don't the, know. Uh, most recent like thing, the most recent thing on Neil's Wikipedia article is uh, 
In September 2020, due to rumours spreading online, Buchanan released a statement denying suggestions that he was the English-based street artist Banksy. Wow. <laughs> That's exactly what Banksy would say. I love that. Uh, well, there's about 10 artists on Spotify called Marseille. It'll be one of them, but it's not the one I clicked on, so I've, I've given up on that for now. But, so we're going to try and manifest talking to Neil Bootcakes this year. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think we should Are go Are you guys that. up for putting that out there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is oh, the energy uh, I want to put into the world this year. Just for further confirmation that things might not be um, going well, marseilleonline.co.uk, which was, I think, their homepage, official website, is no longer active, but can be accessed via the Internet Archive. So. Oh, shit. Okay. Let's go mm. to godaddy.com. Let's see if we can buy. buy. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, That'll get his attention. Was it? What's it called again? Mar- what was it? Marseilleonline.co.uk. Online. Mm. Oh, no. GoDaddy's website is bad. Hang on. Let me try and type <laughs> that again. Marseilleonline. All right. Search domains. Here we go. Let's have a look. Right. Um, domain is taken, so he's holding on to it. Oh, okay, right. So it's not available, unfortunately. We could have online-com.com <laughs> if you guys want that. That's only one and a half grand, so maybe we we could circle back to that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't right. look like it's a goer, unfortunately. Never mind. I was going to get it to redirect to Poddy. It's <laughs> oh, well, never mind. Then. Uh, anyway. Happy New Year, everybody listening. We're yeah. here. We're back with more podiats. We haven't even got to the intro yet. Mikey, I believe, did, did you have something that you wanted to share with us? I did. I did. Um, the lovely Jeff the Mongoose um, on our Discord service shared a lovely little quiz he made uh, with us. Uh, a quiz they made. I'm not sure what they are or who if they it's are. Jeff the Mongoose. I, yeah. I think it's Molly. Ah, sorry. Call yourself Jeff. It's it's. You're, yeah, I it's thought you were a tiny, a tiny mongoose with little hands on the keyboard. Could be Jeff the mongoose was, I think, a boy. Maybe. Don't know. Ethereal being, right? There we go. Um, yeah. But but living they, in the walls. <laughs> living in the walls. Yeah, there's been like a little bit of a Polyets rewatchathon going on in the Discord, and uh, people have oh. been well, mostly mostly Jeff, but. Um, people have been uh, piping in with some favourite old quotes and they've done us a wonderful treat here and they've compiled um, some amazing quotes from episode 1 to 61 um, and they've made it into a game and let's see who can guess who said what quote I'm going to okay I'm going to start strong I'd love to throw a bop at extreme in Hitler's face ooh a bop it extreme. <laughs> I don't think that was me. I can say that much. I feel I don't like think that it was wasn't me, me either. That must. I, I, I assume then that's a Mikey. You're both, both wrong. It is indeed Peter, which you should oh. have known. Oh. Your, your infatuation with uh, smashing Nazis. <laughs> well, true, but I I always forget that the leveled up bop it is called a bop it extreme. So I thought I wouldn't know that it's called extreme. I would think it's bop it pro or something. So Ooh. we must have been talking about it already. Prompted. Boppis. Very good. <laughs> Maybe that's the next bit of merch you do. All boppets. Boppets extreme. Boppets. <laughs> boppets. Flick it. Um, how about... Lady cows are shit. They can't fight and they're bad at maths. Oh. What is the context of that? <laughs> I know. I... <laughs> 
Hmm. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say that maybe that was me. Yeah, I was about to say you as well. Seems a bit Ben Potterish. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That is a mm. Ben Potter classic. Get in. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mussolini was right. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Could that be a Michael Johnson? Let's Out of context, see. that's yeah. that's not great. <laughs> He's the secret fascist. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. Hey. hey. Woo. Well Congratulations. Okay, let, there's, there's um, 21, 23 of them in here. I'm going to choose one more, and I'll let the, the readers at home go and play for themselves mm. um, afterwards. Ooh. <laughs> um, all right, yeah. I'm so fucking sick of this podcast. <laughs> oh, that could be any of us. <laughs> Ooh, um, it really could. I don't think it's Mikey. I don't think Mikey would ever say that. No, that's true. It's just... Too positive if and right. happy. Um, I think it it could either. Oh, it could be either one of us. Uh, me, I, I mean, it could be all three of us. But I, I think it's. Uh, well, I, I. How about I suggest it's you, and you right. suggest it's me, and I'll say it's Ben. <laughs> Peter, you are correct. It is indeed Ben. Ah, okay. <laughs> six years, six years of this oh, podcast God. now. This mm-hmm. is like the longest job I've ever had, <laughs> but it is. <laughs> Uh, and what a pleasure it is well that was a fantastic game did you say that it's on our discord if people want to go there yes it is indeed uh if you go to our videos discord what's the uh the, the easy way of getting to our videos discord ben i can't remember i'm just double checking now but i think it's videosofficial.com forward slash discord i think that's how you Should get be. there i will okay. confirm in a second um do you want to know what that's was it. seemingly the uh the final um gig that marseille did um Ooh. yes According to their the actual Marseille Wikipedia page, um, they were active in various years, but the final period of a- activity was 2017 to 2019. And the very last thing it says in the article is, on August 22nd, 2019, Marseille made his first gig in seven years, but I think that means they. It is the right band. At Stoke-on-Trent, Whoa, UK. it's poetic. Oh, my God. Um, Neil Buchanan wasn't present, seemingly, and I think that was like one little gig that they did, and then they seemingly haven't. It wasn't like a comeback gig; it was just a, a one-off 2019 uh, gig without maybe, Neil. Hey, maybe we could like rather like we could meet Neil Buchanan, but we could also help reform the band and get them touring again. Guys, we could be trend. in the band. Oh my god, we could! Yeah, in, a lot of you're right, Peter. Well. In Stoke on Trent, we could we could make this happen. We could. Uh, which which um, member of Marseille are you? Tag yourselves. Hang on, I had the Wikipedia page open just a second ago. <laughs> Let me just find it quickly. Hang on, any second now. I'm going to do it. Here we go. Always Marseille the band. Right. Uh, tag yourself. Are you Steve Dinwoody? <laughs> are you Keith Knowles? Are you Neil Bucakes? Are you Andy Charters? There's a lot of members. Yeah. Paul Dale, Sav Pierce, Mark Railton. Ray- Railton, Mark Hay, Nigel Roberts, Lee Andrews, Gareth Webb, Ace Fincham, oh. Rob Brooks, or Darren Daz Green. <laughs> Tag yourself. I'm a I mean, total Andy Charters, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that is so you. Classic I think Charters. everyone should aspire to be Ace Fincham, to be honest. Mm. Well, I'm touring musician between 2011 and 2012, Phil Ireland, on yeah. backing vocals and bass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
That's I like great. how Darren Daz Green doesn't have the Daz in quote marks. It's though that's his actual Legal full name. name. Yeah. <laughs> Darren Daz. Darren Daz Green. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, well, we should probably stop messing about, shouldn't we, Peter? Been a long old intro, hasn't it, Peter? Why just me? Because <laughs> you, you're about to talk, so I was just, I let you go. All right. Okay. We should stop messing about. Yeah, it's been a long old intro. Should we run the titles, somebody? Yes, Peter. Okay. Yes, P- Peter? Yeah, Peter. Peter, Shall we run the... Yeah, okay. Run that music. All right, good job, Peter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Podiots, the official Vidiots podcast. It's a conversational podcast where we take some questions from you at home and obey the law of the three us, where everybody brings a, a thing, thing along to, to talk, talk about. I'm Ben. I'm Peter. And I am Michael. Great news, guys. I managed to do that while making unflinching eye contact with the camera. I remembered it after well six done. years. Well done. I remembered That's the intro without having to look at my phone and read it. That's pretty good, isn't it? Amazing. That's for, I have that's some pretty be stuck devast- in your Sorry, brain. Mikey. Sorry, I was, yeah, sorry. Oh my, sorry. I'm here, here to interrupt the devastating news. I just, just want to say that. <laughs> Go good. ahead. Now you can remember that intro forever and ever, and it'll never leave your brain. Hopefully, I mean, I maybe. Know, oh. Next time. Next time I'm going to get See. it wrong. Probably. It's a good reminder, though, that we do have a video component to the podcast. If you go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash official, you can watch our faces as we do podiots. There's a video version available now. It's not just an image. We upgraded. It's moving images. I have some devastating news. Oh, Oh, no. What? If you go to Google Maps and search Gravy Bay, there are no results. Google haven't done this to us. Oh, (laughs) no. It's gone away. It's gravy gone away, unfortunately. New, year, new name for Whitley Bay. <laughs> yes. So we'd like to condemn the cowards over at uh, Google for cancelling uh, Gravy Bay. Gravy Bay Kuala Lumpur is a suggestion. Is there a real Gravy Bay somewhere? <laughs> Wait, what? Is there? Oh, my yeah. God. Gravy Bay, Dan Samara Heights. Oh, it seems to be some sort of brand name. Oh, it's a restaurant. Gravy Bay. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, wow. Well, that's where we need to go in Kuala Lumpur. Okay, yeah, in Malaysia. Off yeah. We go. Oh, that's... gravybay.com. Oh, it's gravy baby. Oh, oh, it's auto. That's why it's because it's autocorrected. I've been misreading it. Oh no, gravy uh, baby is a name for, for yeah. Flipping thing. Oh, sorry, I got really excited there that there was a real gravy bay for a minute. Gravy uh, baby. I'd rather a gravy bay. Well, we can open our own competitor now. The Gravy mm-hmm. Bay. I would go to a restaurant called Gravy Bay. Like I just would. gallant, like little taps of gravy on every table, endless mm-hmm. gravy. Like yeah, little gravy trains, like like that come through, like the little yeah, sushi like things. the sushi restaurants. Yeah. yeah, just a little tub of bisto. What do you want? What flavour bisto do you it's want? All gravy. We got loads <laughs> of them. <laughs> now the only thing that you get if you search for Gravy Bay, other than Polyets related things, is. Um, uh, there was a song called Surfing on Gravy Bay by the Tasty Wangs in 2019. Oh. Um, the Tasty Wang. Mm, it's on Bandcamp. Right. Surfing on Gravy Bay. Oh, yes. <laughs> Surfing from, away. from their album, Better Living Through Proper Nutrition. <laughs> Fair enough. It's a catchy one, for sure. Yeah. 
Um, good news, though. I do have some good news about Google Maps. Oh my God. Uh, one of the names that I submitted that I'm now searching for, and it does not show up when you search Snappy Tomato Pizza Bristol because it's called Snappy Tomato Pizza Bristol. Mm. But Google emailed me over the festive period to say congratulations and thank you so much for your <laughs> sort of b- beneficial assistance with how Google Maps operates because you renamed Snappy Tomato Pizza, which is incorrect, to Podiat's Meat Facery Feldhoyer's Presents or whatever the hell it is, Snappy yeah. Tomato Pizza. That name apparently has now been viewed over 700,000 times. Wow. On 700,000 times. That's what it says. <laughs> Crikey. And if you go on there and scroll through the photos, there is a photo of you and I holding hands out the front of it. Oh. <laughs> and a photo of Dave Benson Phillips in a ball pit. <laughs> wow. Fantastic. Yeah, um, it's good. Uh, this is just, it's easy advertising, isn't it? 700,000 mm-hmm. views for what? Just changing a type box on Google? I don't know, but it doesn't yeah. show up. So I'm really confused about like where this name, who this name is showing up for. Maybe they're doing this to just kind of put us off the send and think, oh, it's fine. Like, it's still called uh, the Podiots, whatever. But in reality, they're like changing it and only looks like that for us. They're trying to. Yeah, possibly. Beat us down, but they'll never beat yeah. us down. They can take um, down gravy. They take our gravy bay, but they'll never take our freedom. Well, I was going to say, sorry to give you whiplash by bouncing around, but I do just want to give you uh, the lyrics here. I'm the mayor of Gravy Bay, so guess what? you got to listen to what I say. We're going surfing on Gravy Bay, surfing on Gravy Bay. Why walk around like a mope all day when you can come out to the place with the big brown waves and go yes. surfing on Gravy Bay? Yes. And then a bit later on it says, Gotta keep the gravy viscous. I want to pour it all over your biscuits. Because <laughs> they're American. Could we... Pay them an amount of money to use that as our new intro song. Gravy pay. We could do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you God. listened to it? Have you just, are you just reading lyrics here? I'm just reading the lyrics. It's sold out, it says, whatever that means. Oh, you can buy it physically on an LP. Um, oh, could we buy out. loads of them and then sign them and then sell them for way more on our <laughs> shop? Oh, we could. Uh, I'm pressing play. I'm going to have a listen to it. Have a listen. Why you... While you have a gravy play, I'll mm. say that speaking of shop, we actually have some new merchandise available. It's new in terms of the fact that it's only been available for about a month now. Uh, but if you go to vidiotsofficial.com, we have a couple of items available, don't we, Mikey? You're darn tootin'. If you head over to vidiotsofficial.com and click that lovely little shop button, you will be greeted with a bounty oh. of goodies. Oh, this Peter. fucking slaps. It's great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> really good. All right. We'll try and get in touch with them and uh, see if they'll let us use it. I mean, I doubt they'll find out if we use it anyway, but now that we've said all this on the podcast, people will go tattling, so we've got to do our due diligence. All right. Well, let's see if we get a new intro song soon. But why we were- I could get in touch with um, the people who own Wapping <laughs> Wharf in Bristol and see if I could rename it to something way funnier? Huh? What do you want to rename it to? Don't let me say it. What, Don't make me say it. What's what? it called? W- Wapping Wharf? Wapping Wharf. How's that spelled? W-A-P-P-I-N-G. All right, okay. Is that? I think that's whopping, isn't it? Like in London. Not necessarily. But, well, no, it could be whapping. <laughs> it could uh, be way funnier, Peter. What? Could it, what? Do, oh, am, am I going with a rhyme, rhyme here? Or are you just you thinking are. of like... 
Well, well, come on, guys. Don't make me... So, come on. Well, I can think of various... Uh, there's no Are one they... that sticks out. It could be Fapping Wharf. It could be okay. Wanking Wharf. You said, well, Wanking Wharf's not very clever, is it? <laughs> no, not really. Is it Fapping? Is that what you were yeah. thinking of? Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's not funny now that you said it. No, well, it's just I've never... You, I just prefer the It's not the really illusion. in our lexicon, that word, very... No, you know, no. but it's such an often. easy change. Yeah. yeah. Turns fapping out, though, wharf. it's a geographical district, and I can't... Claim oh. the claim it as a business and rename it. Yeah, it presents fapping wharf in Bristol. <laughs> Imagine How if good it would did, that be, though? That would be great. Imagine if it did let you just change anything on Google Maps. You could just change the entire name of a nation to yeah. Audience Presents yeah. the United <laughs> Kingdom. Imagine being the two businesses, that being Root and Makoko Coffee and Bakery, that suddenly found themselves within. Fapping Wharf. Fapping Wharf. Yeah, be pretty that's devastating. That's a change the street signs and everything would be a disaster. For the council. We'd have to go down, wouldn't we? Oh, I mean, good. we haven't yet visited um, Snappy's Tomato Pizza and put our new sign up yet. We've had that ready for ages. Can we re- uh, rename it to Fappy's Tomato Pizza? <laughs> Podiots presents. I'm not doing that on my Gmail account. <laughs> Someone else could do that. Yeah. God, uh, well, we've we've fapped around enough here. That doesn't make mm. sense. Uh, it's time to do some selfless, selfless, selfish promotion. Um, if you go to podiots.com and donate three pounds or more, you get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the podcast. You join Pod Squad and you help us save up to pay the, the Gravy Bay people to let us use their song as an intro theme. Yeah. Uh, Mikey has the first lot of the first Pod Squad of 2024 in front of him right now. The winner of the first Pod Squad member of the year <gasps> goes to. Drumroll, everybody. Oh, carry the worst. Congratulations. Boop, boop, boop. And we continue with Donak07, Lord Brotovich, Caroline, we need detergent. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Yeah. I like that. I like they got back together then, I assume. Sounds like they've got back yeah. together, yeah. yeah. Caroline on our way home from work or something. And just... <laughs> she always uh, listens. No, no, she listens to the podcast. That's where I put my shopping lists. <laughs> <laughs> Chode photographer, Freddie W. Stephen Scordes and Happy Nude Bear. Oh, it's nice. Thank you. Uh, we've also got A Donkey Died for This. Uh, Shit Stay Nakamura. Extra fifties, extra fifties worth of cum, Kermit the Pog, <laughs> Mister Macca, Vinegar Tom, and the very generous Ski Sky, who uh, said, uh, "My boyfriend Drew and I love your podcast and get so excited whenever a new episode comes out. It's almost, it's also almost his birthday. Could you oh. say happy birthday to him? Thanks, boys. Smiley face." Happy birthday, Drew. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Drew. Drew. Hopefully it's not been your birthday. I think that mm. donation came towards the end of December. So oh, happy, yeah. birthday Happy birthday. Happy birthday, birthday to you. Thank you. And finally, we have Jens Herman, who was very generous and said, Merry Christmas, my dudes, and a happy new year. Never stop the naughtiness, my fellow idiots enjoyers. Keep using words like wank and flip in your donation names. The boys secretly want that. <laughs> oh, we're going to get a lot of fap ones, aren't we? A lot of fap, yeah. Happy new fap year. Finally, oh, fap, fap away for all we yeah. care. Uh, we hope you are married and... <laughs> oh, no! Right. One of my New Year's resolutions, which mm. is not a very grown-up one, was to not say the first two words of this name. Oh, well... Because it's like a go-to joke that I over-rely <laughs> on and I'm trying to scale back. 
if you want, one of us can say it for you, or you can just say it, and it's not like you're making the joke. You're just yeah. reading someone's submission. You know, it's not like know. you're breaking your, or you just you don't want the words to even leave your lips. It's it's semantics, you know. Someone nearly got me on stream the other day because oh. I I said that was my resolution, and someone said, "Have you been? <laughs> have you been? <laughs> have you been to? Oh God, what was it? It was um, have you been to sc- Scream Con or something like that? No, it was something else. Sawcon. Sawcon. Saw. Have you been to Sawcon? I was right. like, no, I haven't. I haven't been to Sawcon. <laughs> and then they said. <laughs> And then they said, lol, Sorcon DM, lol, got him. And I was like, oh my God, I walked straight into that one, didn't wow, I? So I'm amazing. trying not to do it. I'm trying not to do DN stuff for January at least. And then I'll, I'll really unleash in February. But someone's actually really gone for it. Well, again. Um, Ben's final uh, pod squad member of his uh, the Fast Crew is D's Nuts Roasting on an Open Fire. So... Brilliant. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. And thank you, Mikey, for correcting me. Scream, scream con. Scream So is that, is that like to do with the horror, the horror film? What's Saw that? con. What's, what is what that? What's that? What is Saw con? Oh. Jesus. Anyway, thank you so much to our pod squad, our first pod squad of 2024. Uh, Podiots.com. Three pounds or more to get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the show. Support the things you enjoy and we really appreciate it. It helps us to keep doing this six years in. What wow. a milestone. Uh, now, I am in charge of listener-submitted things this week, and you guys mm. have obviously brought your own things as well. We're going to start with the listener-submitted thing. I'd like to hear from Michael Johnson first. Sorry, I zoned out right as you said that. He's do you, do not you... paying attention. <laughs> I, I was getting my document ready. Was it viewer-submitted or my own thing? Yes, please, Mikey. Absolutely. View it, submitted, please. Look yeah. how quickly I roll into this because of my preparation. He's this so one. <laughs> so prepared. So uh, we have a wonderful article from Techiwoo at Techiwoo on Twitter. That's not another case of me mispronouncing a name, right? This isn't another triggery. I've always said so. Techiwoo for that okay, name. Okay, yeah. good. Okay, and let me just open up the lovely article. This is from. Uh, the Sussex Express.co.uk and the headline reads Cursed Sussex Painting Continues to Bring Its New Owners Bad Luck. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, haunted okay. paintings, not fun. No. A mysterious painting first sold by a Sussex charity shop and rumoured to be cursed is continuing to blight the London attraction that bought it. The framed painting of unknown origin depicts a young girl dressed in red with a penetrating gaze. Uh, is there a picture of the... Yeah, there we go. We've got yeah, some pictures over here. Down, yeah, yeah I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whack us in the uh, chat for you both to have a look at and really absorb and think about. I'll stick it in the thread. There you go. Oh, no. There's a little bit. Yeah, it looks... Ugh. She's back, says the notes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Uh, it was twice bought from a charity shop in Hastings, East Sussex, last year, and then returned, with those who bought it saying the eyes seemed to follow them around the room and that they could not live with it in their homes. Mm. Okay. <laughs> wow. Don't, isn't that, that's normally a thing with paintings, though. They always kind of, well, usually look like they're kind of following you around the room if they look in the right direction. Uh, imagine going back to a charity shop. I can't, I can't live with this in my house. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> cursed. <laughs> Local woman, Zoe Elliott, 
Zoe Elliott Brown, purchased it for £25. £25? That's, That's a, a lot, one. isn't it, from a charity shop? That is a lot from a charity shop, yeah. It's not even like the frame's that nice as well. God. Mm. Uh, and claimed that strange events started to happen almost immediately, including being pursued by a shadowy black figure. Ooh. Oh, God. Oh, God, that is a bit spooky, actually. She put the eerie painting up for auction, and it was bought by top London attraction, the London Bridge Experience, for £1,600. Jesus. Okay, so that what? was worth the 25 quid then, I'd say. Yeah. Wait, whoa. Wow, yeah. Wait, okay, wait, I'm trying to make sense of this. She's back and sold twice, returned twice. So I'm trying to figure out the lineage of who had this and how this swapped hands. Someone gave it back to the charity shop. Okay, then, yeah. So yeah, two people bought, bought it, both returned it, and then the charity shop thought, hey, why are that? people might want to buy Because I guess there is a market for this kind of thing, like mm. if people want what? to own something that is... How did the auction come about? How did you look at this paint and think, oh, I'm going to auction this? Mm. <laughs> Maybe the rumours of it's haunting the spread. Well, I yeah, I mean, in, because... the, in the photo, on the photo on the right, there's a post-it note in the corner that says, possibly cursed question mark <laughs> that's exactly it i think that's probably what attracted her she probably knew what she had right yeah yeah, yeah. wow uh 1600 quid let's go um and the percentage of the sale being donated to charity which uh a charity which offers free and confidential welfare benefits advice information and representation to people in east sussex lovely now the attraction in Tooley street near borough market says the painting has blighted it bringing a chain of unfortunate events. Managing director James Clislingberry uh, said, we've had a couple of floods on the site between November and December. We came in one morning and the basement was flooded. We've had small leaks in the past, but nothing on this scale. We're lucky that the building is quite robust, so the damage wasn't too bad, but it was a little bit unexpected. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a little bit of a tenuous link there, but... I'll give him Maybe. it. I'll give him it. He's paid a lot of money for this painting, so he wants to get his money. He needs to hype up the curse, I think, <laughs> to make oh. it bring in the what? customers. Exactly. Uh, on the day James brought the portrait to the London Bridge Experience, their Wi-Fi went down. Oh, <laughs> oh God! Not, not it's the real, guys. It's cursed. Oh, I like this. I like this. Oh, God. Um, and then they suffered an electrical fault. Ooh. All right, now we're into the good stuff. Staff then reported sightings of shadowy figures following them, with one member of staff even saying that they kept hearing footsteps behind them. But when they turned around, nothing was there. <gasps> oh, my God. Two weeks after purchasing the portrait, James went on holiday with his family and he said, I ended up hurting me shoulder badly and we've had problems on the ferry and with the hotel. It was a no. bit of a blighted holiday, to be honest. No. God, <laughs> what a curse. bloody painting. <laughs> oh. Free me from this wretched hellhole I find myself in. <laughs> <sighs> in November, the attraction hired a medium to do a reading of the painting in November. She told them the portrait has links to a hotel in Eastbourne, East Sussex, and that the subject was likely dead when it was painted. What? <laughs> eh? Eh? You mean it's a painting of a corpse, or what? I guess. I mean, what does that mean? How on earth could she possibly know that? She looks. She's not blinking, she's is she? She looks a bit I dead. Think is the idea. <laughs> yeah. 
I think she's just, you know, she's touched it and the ghost has said, yeah, I was already dead when that was when I was painted. <laughs> it's a bit weird, That's actually. Prop me up yeah. on a chair and dress anyway, me Anyway, enjoy using your 4G. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Uh, da, 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 da. We had all sorts of funny noises during the reading. Even the medium was quite puzzled. Our social media chap said he was watching TV when he got home that day and it suddenly fell off the wall and smashed in front of him. Oh, no. my God. It was firmly bolted to the wall. He Bullshit. Promises. Yeah, come on. <laughs> this is an easy insurance claim. TV damaged by haunting. Mm. Um, and it had been up for quite some time and it literally flew off the wall. It's bizarre. All sorts of odd things have happened. Uh, but despite everything, James has no plans to part with the cursed painting anytime soon. And it still hangs in the reception area of the attraction, which has plague pits in the basement. Oh, oh lovely. Cool. That seems like a great idea. I mean, yeah. how do you even know which of the many, many curses and ghosts are affecting you? You bring yeah. in the portrait. It could be one of the plague victims who's making TVs literally yeah. fly off the wall. And I quote. Oh, um, God. Wow. And... The article finishes with, I've gotten used to it now and tend to brush it off. We plan to keep it and hope it can find a happy home here. That's quite nice. They've adopted a problem painting and they're, they're going to see it through to the end. They're not yeah, going to give up on nice. it. nice. Until mm. the painting passes away. Oh, yeah. That's oh. lovely. The already dead woman painting passes away even further. <laughs> yeah. This got me thinking about purchasing haunted paintings and where you would even get those. So I went on eBay. Ooh. Right, of course, yeah. I've searched haunted painting. Here's one. Uh, let me know what you make of that. Ooh. Oh, that's horrid. The oh. title of this one is Quite Haunting Original 20th Century Unattributed Oil? Question mark? Right, haunting. Haunting, Do, not haunted. This is the is closest it also supposed I could to be get. haunted? Oh, no, that's just... Uh, that's I know. Just, okay, right. The description says, in used condition... Uh, uh, quite haunting, original 20th century, unattributed oil. It's the title again. In used condition, with blemish present throughout. Not terrible condition, though. Please see all photos. I think they mean that it's, it's, it's a haunting thing to look at. Yeah. I've got another one for you. This one is called Vintage Creepy Oil Painting Toddler Child with Original Photo Haunted House, uh, which is a great title of a painting. And I think you're really going to enjoy this painting. It's just sending mm -hmm. to you now. Have to oh, no. Oh, no. The child was dead when it was painted. Season's greetings, it says. Oh, oh, the item description from the seller says, don't know much about it. <laughs> nah, it. me neither. Don't know much about it. <laughs> That's all we got. That's a... Uh, that is the more haunting one of the two, I have to say. Those big yeah. eyes. Oh, my God. I'll stick them in the thread. We've got oh. another haunting one. This one is haunting antique primitive oil on board portrait of priest or minister. Again, it's quite disappointing in terms of the description. It just says, I like to collect old things. And please note, FedEx may not get this to you in one piece. Uh, but that's <laughs> FedEx may not be in one piece when they get it to you. <laughs> it's true. All their TVs have fallen off the walls. Uh, there's not much more about it on there. And I've got one final one. Beautifully haunting signed child portrait. Um, hang on. I'm trying to save the image instead of copy it. Let, how about get your peepers around this, this spooky woman. Uh, the description for this one is this unusual watercolour is signed to base of picture. Frame is original with some damage as photographed, possibly Victorian, it says. But there aren't actually any haunted things on there. Um, I know probably a few of our listeners may listen to My Brother, My Brother and Me, the mm -hmm. podcast. 
and they do a section about haunted dolls where they go on and they find haunted dolls and read the descriptions of those posts. Uh, so there's apparently an abundance of haunted dolls on eBay, but not haunted art. Mm, surprising. There might be more on American eBay, possibly, because I think there is a bigger market for... Did you know that in America, um, if your house is allegedly haunted, it can knock off something like 20% of the value of your house? Like, if, oh, if, it, if word gets out that you have a haunted house, it can literally affect the financial value of your property because oh, it is more... Um, kind of it's taken more seriously as a general rule in the states than it is in for example the uk um, wow would i chance it i don't know like i'm very firm in that ghosties aren't real but i don't know i don't want to i don't want to like bar commit to a haunted house and then one day wake up in the middle of the night and there's just cups of tea floating about the place and getting smashed up <laughs> yeah i've got a 30 year mortgage on this thing now because then if yeah. you want to move out you have to uh just pretend that everything's fine you know normally people are just pretending that like the boiler isn't knackered and they're like oh yeah you know it's great living here you should buy this place we always have plenty of hot water but you know someone's walking around your house and <laughs> as they're looking into your eyes asking you about the bins <laughs> Just over their shoulder in the background, there's like chairs flying around and stuff. You have to just, you know, keep a straight face, mm-hmm. get that thing sold. The room's a bit yeah. drafty. It does lift the chairs occasionally. Yeah. Have that fixed before you move in. Well, wonderful. There's a little light spooking for the start of the year. Mm-hmm. Peter Austin, would you like to do your thing? I'd love to. Um, forgive me, those who spotted me um fiddling around when uh, we were talking just there. I was just turning to relevant pages for my uh, thing because I'm reading from two books today. Whoa, nerd. Um, Yeah, nerd, am I right? I need to turn to the right page on this one as well, so I'm still not prepared, but there we go. So somebody very kindly sent in this book. I will read the title in a minute for um, people who are uh, listening. Um, On the tat appeal, the triple jump tat appeal, unfortunately... Uh, I didn't write down their name at the time, and then the tat appeal is like hours long, and so I don't know where I would even find the bit where we opened this. So if this was you, make yourself known. Thank you to somebody for sending in Yorkshire's Strangest Tales, Extraordinary But True Stories, um, written by Leonora Rustamova. What a name. Um, So there's all sorts of stuff in here. most of it is like just kind of historical but a little bit of it is um kind of semi-supernatural stories and uh there is something in here i was already aware of this as a uh as an object and a concept but uh i've never brought it i don't think we've ever talked about it on um Polyot, so i thought hey yeah that's a good idea hmm. so uh let me tell you about a hand of glory does that mean anything to either of you you know what a hand of glory is No, I don't think so. foggy. Well, here we go. Sitting in a museum atop a salt-blown hill in Whitby, North Yorkshire, is the only known hand of glory remaining in Britain, an essential part of a superstitious burglar's kit until the early 19th century. A hand of glory is a mummified human hand severed at the wrist and said to have magical powers. Oh, God. So this could be. I mean, we're basically doing a spookier so far, aren't we? We've done a. We've done the haunted paintings. Now we're on to severed hands. Um, you know, enjoy this one in October as well. I guess you can have a, a re-listen to this episode. 
Um, folk tales and legends, as usual, give differing, differing accounts of the power of these hands. Common conceptions are that the hand could open locked doors and that if the bearer ignited it while recite, uh, reciting an enchantment, the hand could send all inhabitants of a dwelling into a deep, unwakeable sleep, useful for underhand deeds such as plundering and looting. I will now send you guys the photo of the Hand of Glory that you can see in the Whitby Museum. So there um, were previously a few of these, were there? The yes, UK? these were things oh, that were that's sort of made by crispy. superstitious people. Crispy wow. hand, yeah. Um, now, the reason I've got two books here is that I have a second book on my own personal bookshelf. Uh, that, oh, I'm, I need to not lose my page. Uh, that has said enchantment in it, written down. So that is not included in the Yorkshire, Strange Yorkshire Tales thing. But this book says that the enchantment goes, Let those who rest more deeply sleep. Let those awake their vigils keep. O hand of glory, shed thy light. Direct us to our spoil tonight. So that's what you would say. Um, let me... Oh, Jesus. I've got no room. Okay, let me continue. So, um, opinions on how to ignite a hand of glory vary. Some tales report that a candle made from the flesh of the original owner, that is, the person whose hand was chopped off, uh, as well as wax and sesame, should be placed in the clenched hand and lit, while others suggest that the actual fingers themselves are lit. Uh, but burglars beware. If one of the fingers refuses to light or goes out, then one of the inhabitants is not asleep. Mm. <laughs> Another common belief was that the lit candle in the hand would shine only for the holder, allowing them to see in pitch darkness, while others could not even see the candle. This oh, gave wow. rise to claims that invisibility was one of its powers. It was also thought that you could only put out the flames on the hand with blood or blue milk, which blue is skimmed milk. Excuse skimmed me? milk, apparently. Oh, okay. I guess back in the day, skimmed milk was blue. Or maybe they just mean blue top from, uh, yeah. <laughs> from the supermarket. Yeah. Uh, descriptions can be found on how a hand of glory is made. Firstly, it must be severed at the wrist, purportedly from a felon, fresh from the gallows. Um, oh. So you would wait until someone had been hanged for a crime, um, I think for murder or, or burglary, and then you would take their hand uh, under cover of darkness. Um, interestingly, there are also stories about, um, quite often in around this time, people would take splinters from gallows where people were being hanged and they would use that to cure, I think, toothache. I can't remember if you would like put it in your mouth or wear it around what? your neck or something, but they thought little slivers of wood from a hangman's gallows would be good for your teeth. Um, wow. Yeah, lovely, right? They really were just throwing stuff at the wall and hoping God, something yeah, starts. Hoping Something's got to work, right? Yeah, it's more, right. Slightly more exciting times back then. It's like, oh, have a, have a suck on a slug. That'll sort you out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the hand that you've then chopped down from a, a hanged convict uh, must then be wrapped and squeezed dry of all blood and fluids before being placed in a jar of salt. After two weeks, it must then be taken out, dusted off and cooked until completely dried. Please don't try this at home, says the book. Which is annoying because I've got loads of hands in my yeah, chest freezer. You, you were talking at work earlier about how much yeah. you've been wanting to do this. The most common Hand of Glory tale is set on a barren moor in North Yorkshire. Accounts vary and are often vague with no particular locale, but two specific and quite detailed versions have survived. 
One from 1797 relates to the Spittle Inn on Stainmore, lovely, and the other one from 1824 to the Oak Tree Inn in Leeming, though they followed the same basic plot. On a dark and stormy night, it is always a dark and stormy night, isn't it? Comments the author. Uh, (laughs) On a desolate Yorkshire moor, there is a knock on the door of an inn. Freezing and wet, a beggar enters and pleads to be allowed to stay the night. The innkeeper has no spare beds, but allows the beggar to sleep in front of the fire in the bar. The owner, staff and guests shortly retire to their beds, and uh, all but the cook, a young glass, uh, stays awake in the back room. She, Sorry, yeah, she stays awake and they've all gone to bed. Uh, able to view the beggar through a small pane of glass between the two rooms, the cook witnesses the beggar pull out a brown, withered human hand from his pocket... He takes a match and, while incanting, lights the fingers of the hand one by one. Each uh, each one flames as if it were a candle. Filled with horror, the girl rushes up the back steps and tries to awaken her master and the other men of the house, but to no avail. They sleep a charmed sleep. Finding her efforts in vain, she goes back downstairs and watches through the window. All the fingers of the severed hand are lit, but not the thumb, which I guess is why she's still able to stay awake. The beggar moves around the property, uh, through locked and unlocked doors alike, putting things into his uh, sack. When he moves yet into yet another room, the girl dashes to the hand and attempts to put out the flaming fingers. She throws a jug of beer over them, only for the flames to burn brighter. She tries water, but with no luck, and in desperation she throws some milk on the flames and they are extinguished. The spell is broken! The innkeeper hears the girl's screeching and descends in time to detain the thief, who was later tried and hanged for his crimes. Good. And then I suspect the post credit sequence is someone comes along and chops his hand off, right? That... Yeah. <laughs> the story continues again. Yeah. Um, and then uh, so it just finishes with the uh, the potential origin for the, the whole idea of a hand of glory. Legends of hands of glory have existed all across Europe for a span of 400 years. Some believe its name actually derives from the mandrake, a plant of the genus Mandragora, which is very similar to the French man de glory, hand of glory. Um, The root of said plant causes delirium and hallucinations, and in high doses it can even send the user into a coma, i.e. put people to sleep. Um, In moderation, the chemicals present in the mandrake root produce brainwave activity similar to that found in REM sleep and have for a long time been used as an anaesthetic. The mandrake plant is also used, uh, also said to be luminescent. Um, Both properties lend themselves to the alleged capabilities of a hand of glory, as does the appearance of the roots, which sometimes resemble shriveled human figures. Some legends state that when a mandrake is pulled from the earth, it lets out a scream deadly to all who hear it. And uh, it then says that Harry Potter fans will be familiar with the Mandrake and the Hand of Glory. Um, In the Chamber of Secrets, they do a lot of Mandrake stuff and it's like screaming as they pull it out. But also in that book, there is a a Hand of Glory on display in Borgin and Burke's, a shop of dark-natured magical curiosities, uh, which is later reappears in the Half-Blood Prince when Draco Malfoy uses it to escape the Room of Requirement after an application of Peruvian Instant Darkness Powder. He slips away using light only he can see while the others are in complete darkness. So Uh, there you go. There is a popular reference to Hand of Glory even today in Harry Potter. Uh, But you can go to Whitby to look 
at the one known hand of glory that was, uh, I think it was found in like a wall cavity or something. Did it say Ooh, in the book where wow. it was found? But uh, I can't remember. But um, there you go. That is a spooky tale of a real uh, artifact, uh, something that people used to create. Of course, it's, uh, it didn't do anything, I'm sure. Um, but people had belief in this sort of thing and would actually go out of their way to pickle a hand and light it on fire in the hopes that they would be able to steal stuff from your house. Blimey. Well, thank you very much for that. Two spooky things back to back. Very spooky. Yeah. So spooky. Thank you, Peter. Mm. Well, we're not going to make it three because it's time for my viewer slash listener submitted thing, which comes from Cherry at Cherry underscore Cheru on Twitter. Thank you very much, Cherry, for this. Uh, This is an article from ITV.com. Written by no one. Uh, The headline reads, Wix customer parks tank outside Basingstoke store after shoddy kitchen fitted in home. Ah, Wix. Wix. (laughs) Here we are. I'll send you a photo of the tank outside the store. It's real. Uh, A Wix customer has parked a tank outside one of its stores demanding a refund as he says he had a shoddy kitchen installed in his home. Paul Gibbons from the Hampshire village of Kingsclere paid £25,000 for his home to be fitted out with a new kitchen in February. Last year, I assume. He says it has been plagued with issues from mould under his sink to badly fitting units with a poor finish and one heavy drawer nearly collapsed on his dog. Oh, God. Oh, He said it left him in a dark place as he could not afford to spend thousands more to fix the problems, which could lead to him losing his home. Mr Gibbons has now parked a huge tank in the car park of the Basingstoke store in protest and says he won't move it until the kitchen is removed and he gets his money back. Paul Gibbons said, Grumbling wasn't enough. It got to a stage where I nearly lost my house in November. I just had enough. I thought, what can I do to make people sit up and listen and to protect people from being in the same situation? It feels as if whatever you do isn't enough, but this is legal and it's going to be enough, hopefully. <laughs> <It's legal>. <laughs> <laughs> the Abbott, ah, the ah. Abbott self-propelled gun is decommissioned and was borrowed from a friend who lends it to people who want to protest against big companies. Wow. What the hell? It's the tank of shame. When big companies don't do what they're supposed to do, you can come and park it outside their lot, Mr. Gibbons added. The big people can always push down the little people because we can't afford it. Mr. Gibbons said Wix sent fitters around to rectify the problems, but they would not pay to fix everything to his satisfaction, and now he feels like he is in limbo. He took out a loan to get the work done so he could rent it out, but I was, okay, so he's a landlord. My sympathy decreases slightly. (laughs) But now cannot pay back the loan and is at risk of losing his house. He said, there's a huge chance I could lose it in April because I can't get it remortgaged because it hasn't got a functioning kitchen. A Wix spokesperson said, We are aware of the situation at the Basingstoke store and would like to apologise for any inconvenience that has been caused to shoppers visiting the store. (laughs) Our customer relations team is in contact with the customer to discuss their installation and we are also arranging a full and independent inspection to be completed by the Furniture and Home Improvement Ombudsman to help us understand what is required to resolve the issues associated with the installation, it says. Uh, And that's the end of the article, The Tank of Shame. Outside well, the, the article makes, wicks. makes no mention of the fact that a sign has been stuck to the tank, um, which has wicks written down the vertically. Is it called an, an acrostics, I think, where you use the first letter of a word vertically, like 
like you do it in primary school, like poems mm-hmm. and stuff. And uh, the the backronym of Wix is Warning Incompetent Complacent Kitchen Equipment Supplier. And then there's an angry emoji, which is very good. I yeah. like that. Really good. Like- if anything, it would make me want to go to Wix to see the tank. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's I can see why um, this is done. Um, you know, it's clever, like... It's legal, presumably. Well, they say it's legal to just park a tank in the car park. That's what he but said. It's always going to make at least the local news, if not national. Yeah. So, and also, who the hell has a mate who has a tank that they just loan out to people looking to protest? That is, I mean, specifically for protests. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I, I like the idea of the tank of shame. I, it's, it's good. Shame is a landlord, but um, I mean, the landlords have tanks now; they're unstoppable. So this is, this yeah. is it, boys. I have Googled the tank of shame and I can't find anything. Yeah. I can't find. I want to I want I also want a friend who will loan me tanks. <laughs> uh, hire a tank for a day. Like you, oh, they, like a the, 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 the lot of them are road legal. Like you can drive them around. Whoa, tank limo. Tank limo? Wow. What? You oh my. Turn up to your prom in the tank. Wait, hold on. Let me find a tank limo. This is an absolute beast of a limo. Oh my god. I mean, it's not a limo. It's a tank. It's just a long tank. <laughs> My God! Can I oh, see the long stretch? Is it actually long? Well, it's yeah. I, I I mean, to be honest, I don't know what the regular length of a tank mm. is, and the image is going to take a little while to send. Or is it, is it a tank is it with so five A's? <laughs> oh, okay, that's oh, wow. kind of long. Yeah, oh, it's pretty long. Get a good like fifteen people long. That's a long tank. I don't think it's been adapted though. I don't think it. I think that is just probably how the tank. That's comes, just the length yeah. of that boy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, turns out tanks are quite easy to get a hold of. Um, who knew? Mm. <laughs> That's a UN tank. It's all painted white. <sighs> Do you remember when Hat Films went on those tanks for some kind of brand deal shoot, and they were yeah. all told that they had to shave their facial hair? Or, or at least, you know, a moustache was the maximum they could have. I seem to remember them being really uncomfortable with that, that they had, they were forced oh. to shave their facial hair for. I didn't know that they were forced to shave. I don't remember that. I think Why so. is that? Maybe. I is don't, it fire it risk? Was like a, it was a, uh, a sort of a period-appropriate facial hair allowance for the armed forces, I think. Oh, I see. <sighs> oh, wow. Right. Wow. So it was okay. moustache or nothing. I seem to mm. remember. Someone was... Yeah, that sounds about right. Day. But... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there we are. That's that's my listener submitted thing. Go and see the tank outside Wicks in Basingstoke and send us photos. We'd love to see yeah. it. Audience uh, presents the, the, the tank, tank outside Wicks. The tank outside Wicks in Basingstoke. Uh, Michael Johnson, do you have a thing? I absolutely do have a thing. Would you both like to hear my thing? I'd love, I'd love to. to. Yeah. Whoop. Just over half a century. Oh, that started off a bit sexily. Just oh, over, just over oh. half a century ago. <laughs> Let me try that again. Just over half a century ago, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins were travelling towards Earth's satellite in the history-making Apollo 11 mission. They had launched from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida on July 16, 1969. With nice. Armstrong, nice. With Armstrong uttering his immortal words, "This is one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind." Yes, yeah, which step, is big it, step, big step, small step. So it's kind of cool. I don't know. I, I think maybe something cooler happened on that on that day. Uh, maybe down on Earth around then. Hmm? I mean, I bet Buzz Aldrin said something like, "Hey, 
listen to this and then he like ripped a wicked fart on, on <laughs> that was really, I, just, I wonder oh. who did the first fart in space probably and the first person in space suit it's just going round and round <laughs> I'm trapped beautiful <laughs> yeah. yeah while while they were up there doing the space nonsense um, they received a crew briefing on day three of their trip in which they kind of got daily updates of what was going on down on earth and uh, kind of you know Gave stuff that was related to the interests of the people on board. So they had a little connection to home. Hmm. Um, and uh, on day three, the briefing ended with uh, the result of a porridge eating competition held <gasps> in Corby. Oh. <laughs> they were like, Houston, everything's, you know, got the samples. We're doing this, doing that. But please, for the love of God, let me know. I've been wondering who won. <laughs> I've got good money on contest. this competition. <laughs> Michael, is this like the start of a movie where it's it's zoomed all the way out and it's like, there's this big thing that's happening. But we're not paying attention to that today. And then it just goes and zooms in mm. and Corby. Yeah, we're in Corby, boys. Fantastic. <laughs> Brilliant transition. Uh, Thank you very well. I, I lifted all that from a lovely article in the Northamptonshire <laughs> Telegraph. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, this is an article from a couple of years ago, and the headline reads Out of this world Corby Porridge Championship to be recreated 50 years on. <gasps> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so, yeah, they say that. Um, I don't know how they swung this. There's not much on the internet about this incident of a porridge eating competition. Um, but they say at the end, um, they did this to raise the profile of the town's Harland gathering. Right. How the hell do you get in contact with NASA and say, Oi, lads, could you read out our, our porridge eating competition on your spaceship? <laughs> so that's what, so they, they, they got, they got the information relayed to the spacemen in order yes. to raise awareness. That was yes. the whole, wow, yeah, some, okay. So someone at Earth uh, calling in and, and yeah, let them know what was going on on Earth that day and this was part of it. And, mm. yeah, they somehow managed to, like, wrangle the way into it, which no one talks about. They just kind of say, oh, yeah, they did it to help promote their their village fate, essentially. <laughs> hmm. um, we continue. Um, so reports say that Irishman John Coyle took the title after eating a whopping 23 bowls of instant oatmeal in just 10 minutes. Oh my God. Oh, that's a that's lot. That quite, is a lot. That's, that's quite a, more than bowl two of, bowls a minute. Oh, oh my God. Wow. That is impressive. Like porridge, just like a regular dose of it it's pretty filling like i can't mm. i can't even look at porridge for like a week after i eat it but good god 23 in one day go on john coyle and uh <laughs> pretending we're in 23 here uh 2019 here and tomorrow hungry diners will take on the breakfast battle once more at the hungry hossy cafe in dale street I'm gonna send you. what's a hossy well i think it's supposed to be like horsey right. oh <laughs> the okay. hungry hossy I'm going to send you a picture of the outside and the sign of this wonderful establishment. Um, it is, it's a delight. Okay. It's a delight. Oh, oh, that is a hungry hossie. <laughs> why, he, why is there a photo of beard meets food there? Oh, well, I mean, we'll get into why he was there as well. This is famous. This is many... Oh, is he? Is he just demolished the record because he's a professional <laughs> eater? Well, not quite that record. There's another. The Hungry Hossie's known for something. There's, there's, there's as many tangents to this thing. This is, this okay. is so Just much going on. Just so you on. know, I've decided to name this episode the rubbish title of Houston, We Have a Porridge. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Love it. Love it. <laughs> oh, God. What Wait, about... Uh, <laughs> Go on. Horston, we have a problem. Horston. Wow. Or Horston, whichever you like. Hungry Houston, we have a problem. Any <laughs> any sort of uh, combination. But I do like we have a porridge. That's good. Uh, I like, okay. I, 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 yeah. I, my vote's for Houston, we have a porridge. Yeah. <laughs> it's not very good, is it? I thought well, that's why it's so good. No, can that's we, why is it good. Houston, we have a podge plum? No, that doesn't make oh, sense. God. It's just got to be Houston, we have Houston. a porridge, surely. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other porridge words. All shit. I'm... Absolutely Ooh. shit. We'll think on it. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, cafe owner Shalane Crabtree said, I am really excited for it. I knew nothing about it being read out in space, but it's a fantastic piece of history. <laughs> so they didn't... Right, if you're going to host the porridge eating competition, do your research. Yeah. Um, Are we sure but... that this actually happened or did they just invent this? Because oh, with all due respect, look at that cafe. Well, <laughs> literally the next bit I'm about to read out is the official transcription of the oh NASA uh, communications log. So this is this definitely happened unless someone's paid off NASA big time and got them to re like scrub all the documents and put it in there after the fact. Okay, I right. want to believe this is real. Uh, so it's it, like this section of the transcript is basically like a huge block of text, basically of the the person on Earth reading out news updates and little messages and all this stuff. Um, and then it ends, and in Corby, England... Uh, I've got to do my best, like, 1960s American accent. Go on. Oh, why did I do this to myself? I didn't have to do this. You really, and in you Corby, really made your bed here, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to lie in it. I'm going to get real cosy in it. And in Corby, England... No, I can't now. No, I can't. <laughs> Four words, all I can muster. Oh, that's, my... That's go on, you go. Go on. <laughs> and in Corby, England, an Irishman, John Coyle, has won the world's porridge eating championship by consuming 23 balls of instant oatmeal in a 10 minute time limit from a field of 35 other competitors over. Wow. Um, and then one of the astronaut replies, <laughs> I'd like to enter Aldrin into the oatmeal eating contest next time. Home. Is he, uh, this is the home people. Is he pretty good at that? He's good. He's doing his share up here. You all just finished your meal not long, didn't you? I'm still eating. Uh, okay, is that? And then he interrupts. He's on his 19th ball. They're <laughs> <laughs> having so, japes up there in space. They're having a great uh, time. Got to pass the time somehow. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this this did happen. Uh, I, I'm going to believe the transcript. I want to believe it's true. Um, and so the contest, which was hosted in 2019, is going to be hosted, well, was hosted by BBC Radio Northampton, starts at 8.30am, with pipers piping the contestants in at about 8.15am mm. in the morning. Wow, that's very early for pipes. That is yeah. very early for pipes and very early for porridge. Or maybe the best time for porridge. Mm. Don't know. Speaking of uh, time, I'm looking at the Hungry Hossy photo again. I like that um, on their opening hours, it just says p.m. Monday to Thursday. They've like painted over what number p.m. it used to be because it says 6 a.m. to 1 p.m. Friday to Saturday. But the next to Monday to Thursday, it just has the letters p.m. It they no haven't numbers. decided yet. Yeah. <laughs> Still figuring that out. <laughs> uh, so imagine you heard this like the week before the competition. This, this, this porridge eating competition, which was once in space and had you know 35 contestants battling the way through it and in the 50 year anniversary um four contestants have already signed up <laughs> oh. <laughs> with space for two more so um 
Yeah, mid days before the big revival, only managed to get four people to sign up to eat porridge, <laughs> which I think is quite sad. Come on, guys. Um, and you also it's quite needed- impressive that they managed to get 30 odd people to do it on the day. Oh, I suppose it wasn't necessarily on the day of the moon landing, uh, was it? Was it specifically yeah. the day of the moon landing? It was, or just what- it'd be three days after they took off. Uh, right, okay. so I don't think they, I think it's four days to get there. So Perfect yeah, time fair for enough. a porridge contest. <laughs> yeah, but if it had been on the day, people were like, hmm, stay home, watch the moon landing, nah, like major nah. televised event, or nah. go eat porridge. Go eat porridge. Go eat porridge, man. John says he's going to try and eat more than twenty. I don't believe him. <laughs> They're only open until PM. Yeah, <laughs> God. get down quick. And uh, they were also looking for two adjudicators for the competition as well. So. Mm. Um, the Hungry Horsey really smashed out of the park organising this thing. Um, they will try and smash their way through as many bowls of porridge as they can in 10 minutes, with, uh, which Shalane said will be made with whole milk to make the consistency thick and creamy. Oh, uh, lovely. Uh, the ca- I, I, I saw, like, at this point, like, it was a bit more about the competition later on, but I wanted to, to go down the Hungry Horsey and cause see what was hanging there, because that's quite an interesting place. Um, the cafe, which is... Um, which was 2019's Northampton, Northamptonshire Telegraph Cafe of the Year. Whoa. Wow. Is famous for its The Big One Breakfast, a 7,500 calorie challenge, which only a handful of people have finished. Wow. Let me send a picture of a contestant with their big bowl of breakfast. Uh, This is astronomical uh i'll let that go through astronomical Before. see what you did there hey. Astronomical. Oh, hey. 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 okay that's that's gonna send slowly oh nope here we go it's bow <laughs> that's a lot look of at bread. all the toast there's so much toast it's, it's like a loaf of bread they haven't even so, got hash browns they've got potato grids in there <laughs> hash browns aren't enough there's fish fingers well, mm, I have. I think they're the hash browns, aren't they? At the back. Oh, are they? Oh, they might be. I have no. all the ingredients in front oh, of me. Sorry. Yes. Okay. And I'm going to list all of them and see at what point you start to feel sick. Do the Butterfield <laughs> voice, please, Michael. <laughs> oh, don't make me. Don't. I, hey, if you want it in Butterfield, I think we have to hand it over to the master. Ben. Do the 1960s American Butterfield. <laughs> yeah, go on, <laughs> go on, Mikey. <laughs> um, I I may need a new nope. <laughs> That's impossible. It can't be done. I I may need, no. I what does fuck, oh. ah, nope. It just it's getting. You can worse. hear the conflict. The cream. It's amazing. It's, yeah. it's two people fighting it over the voice. It just doesn't compute in your head, does it? No. <laughs> ben, would you like to do the honors? I'd actually like to hear Peter do it. Oh, uh, just in normal Brian. Do do which, whichever twist on Brian you'd like. Do Brian oh. if he was that guy about to eat his breakfast there. That's okay, the that guy looks very excited. The huge breakfast plate consists of three bacon rashers, three sausages, three eggs, three square sausage slices, three potato scones or scones, three pieces of fried bread, three portions of mushrooms, three hash browns, three potato waffles, three black pudding slices, Three portions of beans, three portions of tomatoes, three four-ounce beef patties, three be- pieces of bread and butter, and three pieces of buttered toast. Butterfield Aye. toast. Fantastic. Aye. Hot water. It's so interesting, the sort of um, uh, the Pavlovian response that kicks in when you start doing a Butterfield voice. I feel my, my throat clench 
as if I'm doing the Butterfield voice as well. It's really weird. Wow. Oh I can't God. fight it. I'm I'm there with you every step of the way. Mm. God. Beautiful. Uh, That's a lot of food. Yeah. And you're right. That is a lot of bread. That is 12 slices of bread, which alone Fuck is quite it. a lot of food. It's nearly a loaf, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. I'm um, not surprised so- to see Beard Meets Food there. I, I watch him while I'm eating lunch and the stuff that he does is disgusting. Yeah, I do. I watch his videos I, while I'm having my lunch because I have like quite quite sad small lunch in comparison, uh, obviously. So I like to watch what he's up to, you know, eating like uh, 12 pizzas in one sitting. I'm like, yeah, vicarious this is nice. Lunching. Exactly. Yeah, I could do mm. that. I could die. Um, <laughs> yeah, die. Oh, wow. Um, so it costs £30 to attempt, which I'll be honest, is kind of a good deal. That's like a week's worth of food in one plate. So all right. Uh, yeah. If you manage to complete the challenge in under an hour, you receive your money back and your picture is placed on the wall next to the other winners. Instead, wow. as this, as with those who failed. And during the challenge's 18-year history, seven people have managed to clean the plate of the big one. Oh. Like, wow. I mean, that's one person every two years, which is incredible. But, oh my God, how physically do you even fit that inside yourself? That, I mean, that's that's the real news story here, is that people can eat yeah. that much bread. Mm. <laughs> anyway, ba- back to our porridge story. That was a, just a little aside. There's not really much more to say. Um, this is the last of the article trying to promote the article, uh, the event which is happening in a couple of days' time. Uh, Shalane said, The porridge challenge is so tough, she thinks even those who had defeated the big one could only manage between 12 and 15 bowls. But she had some advice for those taking part. She said... You've got to go at it fast. <laughs> Ten minutes is no time at all. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Shalane. Shalane. Shelley and Elaine put together. Couldn't decide on just one name, so I thought Shalane. they'd put two. Shalane. Um, and then a fun little tidbit at the end of the article, which is that legend has it that the, the Corby crater on Mars, named after the town in 1979, took its name from the porridge tale. Wow. Is, yeah. So there's a little bit of Corby on the moon. And on so Mars. this is this is it, on Mars. There we go. Not the moon. Yeah, I know space. Um, so I, I, I read through this. And I was really curious to hear the results of the porridge eating contest. Mm-hmm. Who won? Mm-hmm. And there's just literally nothing on the internet about this. Not on any of the, the Highland Gathering social medias. Not on any oh. other news sites. They just decided not to tell us who won it after hyping it up this much. But, Maybe um, Buzz Aldrin came out of retirement. He did, yeah. <laughs> He's on his 19th bowl. Uh. <laughs> but while I didn't, didn't find out who was the victor, I did manage to find an eight-second clip from the porridge-eating competition. And I like to... Th- it is just the most beautiful piece of imagery that will ever be put to film. Um, I'm going to send it. We can all watch it together just to really get the full experience. Now, so, what I need to know, Mikey, is, is this video real or did Stanley Kubrick fake it? Uh, oh, my God. I just in played a tiny be- bit and it's so loud. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. Oh okay. Dear. Yeah, so get ready. Now. So, yeah. three, two, one, go. Wow, look at them go. They are chowing down. Oh, <laughs> There's God. only like four people doing it. They couldn't get and two more just, people. You said... Pipers, plural, will be there. There's a single man playing the bagpipes. Yeah, there's someone playing the bagpipes. There's an old lady with blue hair mixing porridge. And then there's two judges, it looks like. 
it's just like yeah this is like for the people at home who can't maybe can't watch the video this is just a pan across a little small <laughs> look it's the back end of the hossy cafe um it's pissing it's just it like, down there's a it's, me- yeah, pouring with rain there's a metal fence there's four men <laughs> kind of slowly getting the getting through porridge yeah, yeah. The frantic old lady pausing more porridge and then just in the rain out of the cover a, a lone bagpiper stands and plays the wretched tune and a single <laughs> spectator an old lady with an umbrella yeah <laughs> oh i didn't even them. <laughs> <laughs> that's it oh uh, the mighty have fallen we're gonna need to go and cover this aren't we yeah. <laughs> so yeah that's that's that this was once talked about in space and now look at it but i don't know i quite like it i think it's good i think it's the, lovely God. the guy at the start uh appears to be holding a microphone yeah while and he's he wearing a headset porridge. yeah i think oh. he might be broadcasting his challenge I mean, oh you might God. as well, right? going, If you go there to cover it and there's, they've only got three competitors, why not just sign up? Yeah. Oh, my God. So, yeah, oh, um, there wasn't really much of a point to that story. I just, I found the article, um, something about the, the porridge in space 50 years ago and da-da-da-da, and I found that they were recreating it. I just thought it was quite funny. Um, yeah. The culmination of starting it, wow, it was in space. This must be huge. And then the one shred of evidence... <laughs> that this happened here it is <laughs> five oh, second man. clip <laughs> oh, heroes i hope they never stop yeah she's some say the blue-haired old lady still pouring porridge to this day <laughs> she sort of has to shake it out of the jug it's quite thick isn't it <laughs> shouldn't have used that whole milk that's what you get no <laughs> jesus well thank you so much mikey for sharing that uh that <laughs> space tale with us thank you mikey you're very welcome and Peter, it's time for your listener-slash-viewer-submitted thing. It is. This was sent to us by River Fox, but River spelt with a three, on Twitter, Lucy, Fox emoji. Um, and it is according to uh, al.com forward slash news. Um, Man stuck in urn at Mountain Brook Party loses pants, breaks expensive bars, and Alabama internet. Um, this is wow. by what? Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> this is written by. Um, it doesn't say. Uh, I did see this video clip today, actually, and uh, it's it's quite something. But uh, here we go. Um, the party goers expletive-laden screams after getting stuck in a decorative urn during New Year's Eve in Mountain Brook is the latest viral video out of Alabama. Um, <laughs> It is uh, a man stuck in an urn. He's surrounded by loads and loads of people all sort of trying to help. And they're sort of giving bits of suggestions and stuff. And he goes like, he says something like, I'm, I've done everything I can. God damn it. <laughs> and he's really cross. Um, is there a video component you could uh, There is, share? yes. I've just found it, actually. Uh, there is a tweet. Hang on a moment. Uh, uh, we'll include is, the audio in the in, in the podcast so you guys can listen the caption is oh my god this is the whitest shit i've ever seen Uh, and it is it is pretty white you'd be a pretty good judge of that peter given that you were you were at the top of white people reddit at one time yeah white people reddit i did i did once make it on there um but uh yeah the guy gets very cross because everyone's sort of trying to help but also just i think pissing him off because nothing's working also, it's a New Year's party, so everyone's going to be drunk. And it's just like, oh, you just can't get out, man. And I'll just try wiggling. And yeah, I'd be sick of yeah. that. Five minutes stuck in the urn. You guys ready um, to watch it? 
Yes. Okay. You ready for a countdown? Yeah. Three, two, one, play. <laughs> God, he looks genuinely distraught. <laughs> How did he get in there? I don't know. I think he just got in and squatted and now he can't stand up again. I love that this person is dedicated to filming it. They're like ducking underneath people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, he's having a bad one. You got one. it, Connor. You got it. <laughs> They're saying, like, take your sweater off. It's like, I already took my belt off. It did His nothing. His knees are hitting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. God. Bless him. Oh, um, dear. So, call the fire department to break this motherfucker, Paget screams. I don't know why he needs the fire department to break a vase, but all right. <laughs> Uh, as onlookers offer words of encouragement in a video posted by Twitter user Christy Yamaguchimane that has amassed 13 million views and counting. It might be Yamaguchi main. It could be Yamaguchi main. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Gen Z. I'm <laughs> fucked, said Padge- uh, Paget says, as one party goer hacks away at the urn with a chisel. There is a separate video <laughs> of them breaking it with a hammer. Aye! Um, <laughs> But that's not in the uh, article, I don't think. But it's, I saw it today. Uh, others offered him tips uh, that Paget said were futile. I'm doing everything I fucking can. God damn it, he screams. I already took my belt off and that didn't do shit. Um, this video has everything is the in the Twitter thread by Christy. An angry white boy named Connor. Southern accent. Concerned white women that aren't helping. White wine. Some stupid shit only a drunk white guy would do. Playing old school hip hop, an ugly vase, a woman wearing a fur, and navy blazer with jeans. Which is it's all true. It's all there. Um, efforts by AL.com to reach Paget for comment were unsuccessful. The X account, once called Twitter, it says, uh, of Casual Thursday, said they were at the Mountain Brook party, gave um, and gave a play-by-play of Paget's ordeal. Um, I think they were sort of live tweeting at the time. Uh, There's a cracking sound and the crowd cheers. He is free. The urn has been chattered and our hero emerges unscathed. Our long (laughs) national nightmare is over, the account tweeted. People are now discussing the cost of the shattered urn. I'm hearing prices ranging from $500 to as high as $3,000 US American dollars. Um, Wow. Urn guy is up and moving around, but now without pants, which were apparently lost or damaged in the incident. Everyone seems fine with this. He wants a cigarette. He wanted a double makers on the rocks. I gave it to him, and now he's drinking alone and having a cigarette, still pantsless in the corner of the yard. (laughs) Looks like a friend is trying to usher him onto an Uber. Happy New Year, everyone. Stay safe out there. Remember, decorative urns always look bigger from the outside. Um, wow. Yamaguchi Main or Yamaguchi Mane has secured an interview with Paget to talk about his 15 viral, uh, his just as 15 viral fame on uh, her podcast, but I think it's 15 minutes of viral fame mm-hmm. um, on, on her podcast, Jorts Center. Um, Brilliant. And says, <laughs> says, we are in contact with the legend himself and he'll be joining us for an emergency taping of at Jorts Center podcast, uh, Jorts Center. Um, wow. And he sort of continues, just sort of saying, "Yeah, he, uh, he he his sicky situation went viral at blah blah blah." And uh, but that's it. Man got stuck in pot. 
pot was smashed um, and people were crowding him and all drunk. So brilliant, fun times. Amazing. Yeah. God, that's a what great happened one. to his jeans? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Are they not still in the urn? Yeah, surely they were at least in the urn. <laughs> They're still Even if he did take them off. Get them out. Try... <laughs> <laughs> Even if he took them off to try and get them out. Once I got out of the urn, I would then I think I would probably want to put them on again. But no, he stood in the corner drinking, <laughs> smoking a cigarette on his own, apparently. Oh, bless him. <laughs> yeah. What a night. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you, Peter. Thank you thank to you, uh, the listener who sent that in. Thank you, listener. Mm. It's time for my thing. It is. I hope you're ready for international relations news now. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's not so much news as it is a recounting of the beautiful friendship of Liechtenstein and Switzerland, which I was Hi. recently made aware of because the two are such fast friends that they often accidentally invade one another and just wave it off like it's no big deal. Oh, okay. So I'm going to get to that. But first, I want to give you a brief history, a brief Wikipedia history of the relations of Liechtenstein and Switzerland, which I think is a beautiful love story between two wonderful nations. So I wanted to share it today. It's also quite dry. Here we go. After the dissolution of Austria-Hungary in 1918, the Liechtenstein government could no longer rely on Austria to fulfil their monetary and diplomatic needs. At the request of Liechtenstein's government in 1919, Switzerland safeguards Liechtenstein's interests and citizens abroad. The two countries form a common economic and monetary area. Liechtenstein has used the Swiss franc since 1920, and the two countries have formed a customs union since 1924 and have open borders. When Liechtenstein applied to join the League of Nations in 1920, Switzerland was the only country to vote in favour of their ascension Aww. at the League of Nations Assembly on the 17th of December 1920, as opposed to 28 against. Aww. Oh, God. During World War II, both countries were neutral, which is a big fat loss right there. That's a big L, quite frankly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It achieved hey, the. Def- I, I'm not taking a stance on the, you know, the genocide that's happening across yeah. Europe right now. Said Switzerland and Liechtenstein. We're the good guys. Sides. My best yeah. friend Switzerland looks after all of the Nazis' gold. Yes. <laughs> it achieved the de facto inclusion of Liechtenstein in the Swiss national supply. Though there were figures both inside and outside of Liechtenstein who used the country in order to recruit Liechtensteiner into the Waffen SS and gain public symphony, sorry, bloody hell, sympathy for the Nazi cause, which infuriated Switzerland. Switzerland mm. apparently did take a stand there. Mm. Right. Both are now moving moving swiftly on from that. Both are now also parties to the Schengen Agreement. Is that right? Did I say that right? Schengen Agreement? Yeah, Sh- Sh- uh, Schengen. Schengen. Because um, we talked about that. Um, Britain talked a lot about that around Brexit because I think we were hoping to be in it or base our relation. I don't know, something about Brexit economics. It was in the news a lot, the Schengen Agreement. Yeah. It was also a load of bollocks in the end yeah. for, for, yes. as far as Brexit was concerned. Uh, the countries also have a common patent system. Switzerland is empowered to enter into treaties on Liechtenstein's behalf if Liechtenstein is not represented at the treaty negotiations. This power has most often been exercised with treaties involving customs duties or procedures. Swiss consular protection is 
or is extended to citizens of Liechtenstein. Switzerland represents Liechtenstein abroad unless they choose otherwise. Before Liechtenstein became a member in its own right of the European Free Trade Association in 1999, Switzerland represented its interests in that organisation. The two also Aww. share a common language, German, and are both outside the European Union. Liechtenstein, however, has joined the European Economic Area, as, as already discussed. Like, like Switzerland, Liechtenstein maintains a policy of neutrality. However, while Switzerland follows a policy of armed neutrality, Liechtenstein does not have an army of its own. Ambassadors to one country are usually accredited to the other. The only resident ambassador in Liechtenstein is a knight of the sovereign military order of Malta. Don't know why, but but it is. Uh, right. So there you go. They're basically best friends forever. Best friends, yeah. Fast friends. And they were roommates, some might say. Mm. Oh my god, they were roommates. <laughs> But the most exciting thing I want to talk about, and there isn't a huge list, but I just thought it was fun to go over, is the the section of the Wikipedia article entitled Incidents Involving the Swiss Military. Because, of course, <laughs> Liechtenstein does not have a military. Switzerland has a relatively active military due to ongoing conscription. Several incidents have occurred during routine training. On the 14th of October 1968, five artillery shells fired by the Swiss army accidentally hit Liechtenstein's only ski resort, Malvern. <laughs> God. The only recorded damages were to a few chairs belonging to an outdoor restaurant. Oh, thank it's God. Always oh, fine. Geez. Imagine if they'd accidentally just killed some skiers. You know what? They probably would have said, hey, no big deal, man. It's okay. Yeah. Well, what, can, what are they supposed you? to do? How can, what are you going to do about it? They can't fight back. No. So it's just... It's just yeah, yeah, Britain Britain could just want... Anyone could march in one day and say, hey, we... Especially Switzerland, because, you know, if we did it, then Switzerland might defend them. But if Switzerland did it, no one's going to defend Liechtenstein. No. Only Switzerland. Only Switzerland. <laughs> Switzerland really could bully Liechtenstein if they wanted. Yeah. They could say, uh, unfortunately, your train's been delayed, so your I, ambassador can't come to this international talk. So we'll go and, we'll go and negotiate for you, shall we? Yeah. I am getting weirdly kind of like slightly evil big brother it's a bit controlling maybe yeah this relationship. Like, oh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll vote on your policies yeah oh, don't worry we'll go do all the boring stuff you we'll just do sit there you. it's okay own. hey we share an economic area it's fine we've got free borders it's all right yeah, yeah you know what fine. you don't need any of your you remember all those friends that you knew before before you, i came along you don't need any of those you don't just need me. those but i'm gonna go see my friends if that's all right yeah. Uh, on the 26th of August 1976, just before midnight, 75 members of the Swiss Army and a number of pack horses mistakenly took a wrong turn and ended up 500 metres, and then in brackets it says yards, into Liechtenstein what? at <laughs> Iridug in Balzers. I've mispronounced that. The Liechtensteiners right. reportedly offered drinks to the Swiss soldiers. Right. Oh. On the 5th they of December. They knives ready, the Swiss the Swiss Army boys. They got out the corkscrews. They were ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> On the fifth of December, nineteen eighty-five, anti-aircraft missiles fired fired by the Swiss Army landed in Liechtenstein amid a winter storm, causing a forest fire in a protected area. Oh, Fortunately, oh. Liechtenstein has no aircraft, no. so <laughs> so you know was what? all right. Compensation was paid. I'm assuming right. they just planted more trees. Who knows? On the 13th of October 1992, following written orders, Swiss army recruits unknowingly crossed the border and went to Tr Treasenberg, that's probably not how you pronounce it, but it is appropriate, to set up an observation post. Swiss commanders had overlooked the fact that Treasenberg was not on Swiss territory. Switzerland apologised to Liechtenstein for the incident. And finally, the most recent one. 
On the 3rd of March 2007, a company of 171 Swiss, Swiss, Swiss soldiers mistakenly entered Liechtenstein again as they were disoriented and took a wrong turn due to bad weather conditions. The troops returned to Swiss territory after they had travelled more than two kilometres into the country. The Liechtenstein authorities did not discover the incursion and were informed by the Swiss after the incident. The incident was disregarded by both sides. A Liechtenstein spokesperson said, It's not like they invaded with attack helicopters. Helicopters. That's it. <laughs> Just waved it off. Wow. Yeah. All right. And that's God. it. That's all I I've got for you. I can also read the last bit if you'd like about taxation and tax treaties, but I don't think it would be that interesting. So awesome. there's a don't lovely... spoil us all at one, Ben. Save it for next. <laughs> I'll do. Episode. I'll do a follow up <laughs> next time. But there's a lovely little recap of the, as it turns out, actually rather controlling relationship yeah. of Switzerland and Liechtenstein and their <laughs> various military incursions. It's, you can uh, do better. Break up with them. You need a new man. Switzerland's yeah, not on. the one. <laughs> Stand up for yourself. Uh, it's interesting how how like international borders are like very significant in some ways, and also completely meaningless in other ways. Like mm. they they marched soldiers into Liechtenstein, and everyone knows that like there was no intent whatsoever, and like that in and of itself was completely inconsequential they were just marching around a bit and then they marched home again meaningless really on the on the national state on the global stage but actually just sort of semantically moving soldiers across a border into someone else's country is in and of itself like a significant enough thing that they felt the need to acknowledge it and and apologize for it it's just kind of yeah. strange how human like well how how national borders work um and mm. and that that in in itself is kind of a a significant thing even though it wasn't if you see what i mean how it's much weird. it matters and how much it doesn't yeah yeah i've just looked at like lichtenstein on a map and it's absolutely bloody tiny it I is not... i put a photo in the chat there you can see it i think lichtenstein is the green bit God, it's, yeah. it's like basically a small village and <laughs> There's so much of Switzerland. How? Why do they keep going so close to the border? Like this doesn't. Yeah. Something, something's amiss here. Like this is. They're not. Switzerland's not telling the whole truth. They're neutral. They're neutral, Mikey. They don't take mm. a stance, but they would actually quite like Liechtenstein to just be Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah. Whoopsies! We accidentally invaded you again. Sorry. Next time there'll be more people. <laughs> if we have any yeah. Liechtenstein or Swiss listeners, please get in touch and let us know what you make of the uh, of the relationship. Because I'm sure Liechtenstein has a really rich culture and history of its own, but it's been so entangled, seemingly from an, just an ignorant outside perspective of someone who's just read a Wikipedia article. It seems it's been so entangled over the past 100 years that their culture and you know, socioeconomic situation may not actually be that much different at all. Mm. May practically it's very strange. Um, Switzerland as a nation as well, as well as tiny Liechtenstein, but like uh, Switzerland, they are, did you know this, that they are the, um, the, the papal guards, like in, in Vatican, in the Vatican, mm. because the Vatican is like its own nation. Um, they have Swiss guards for some reason, I don't know. What, I don't know if it's because Switzerland is a neutral state, and they've specifically picked Switzerland to be the the guards of the Pope. But um, there's a picture of a Swiss guard for you in their in their Ooh. their proper uniform. It's That's what they man. wear apparently to to guard the Pope. 
It looks um, like a medieval Ronald McDonald. Does a bit, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's just weird because you would think like if if they had to commission guards from anywhere, they would just pick Italy because it's just convenient, the Vatican yeah. being in Italy. But uh, no, they got the Swiss to come and do it. They should I'm do... sure there's a very intricate history as to why it's the Swiss. Mm. They should do some sort of like game show where they make all the cardinals compete in unarmed combat and the toughest yeah. ones have to serve as protectors of the Pope. <laughs> yeah. I'd watch it. Well, there's my thing. And thus concludes Fun thing. the first episode of 2024. Thank you so much for listening and watching. Thank you for submitting your things. Thank you guys for your things as well. Uh, we will be back in a couple of weeks' time. As we already talked about at the start of the show, but we're going to talk about it again now. Don't go anywhere just yet. We've got some important no. things to tell you. But, Mikey, mm -hmm. I believe there's some kind of shop. You're darn tootin' if you head over to vidiotsofficial.com and click that lovely, enticing little shop button. You will be greeted with a veritable bounty of vidiots-themed goodies to put on your body and in your house. Let's yeah. go. We got... Our latest T-shirts, the Ah Yes Gravy Bay T-shirt, oh. as well as Ah Yes Gravy Bay Cordero Cap, and our new D-Face Google T-shirt, as well as all of your old familiar favourites. So go to vidiotsofficial.com, check it out, and give yourself a little New Year's treat. New Year, new cool. clothes. You've oh. earned it. You've <laughs> earned it. Give us some money. Thank you. I don't have any yet. I'm going to buy some at some point. Yeah, I don't have any either. I should probably oh. get one too. I don't have any of our new merch. Oh, I oh, deserve well. it too. I should treat myself. Yes. Let's all treat ourselves. Yes. YouTube, Join Twitter, us. Facebook, all dot com forward slash video to official. I forgot uh, we did that. Sorry, can we do that one more? I was uh, totally I forgot we did that. Alright. YouTube, Twitter, <laughs> Facebook.com, all forward slash video, video official. That was brilliant. Thank you, Mikey. Thank you. Uh, Discord is vidiotsofficial.com forward slash Discord. Go and hang out with like-minded Podiots listeners and Vidiots viewers. Uh, thank you very much to Tommy and Fleckers who continue to mod us over there. We really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Twitch.tv forward slash Official. We stream there occasionally. We stream there just before Christmas. I believe it's a long way off, but I'm looking at maybe doing, because, you know, adult life is busy. I may be going to do a stream in March. So <laughs> I'll see you guys then. I'll let you know when it happens closer to the time. Uh, Podiots.com is where you can go to donate to the podcast you love the most in the world, which is this one. If you give £3 or more, you get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the next episode of Podiots. You join Pod Squad and uh, we love you forever. Basically, that's, that's yeah. the contract. That's how that works. Mikey, can you kick us off once again, please? We begin with Carry the Worst, Donak 07. Lord Brotovich, Caroline, We Need Detergent, Chode Photographer, Freddie W, Stephen Scordes, and Happy Nude Bear. We uh, we didn't do our favourites, did we? Oh, we By didn't. We'll have oh, to do them at the end. We'll, we'll do the rest of the rest of the list and then uh, favourites. Uh, a Donkey Died for This, Shit Stain Nakamura, Extra 50s Worth of Cum, Kermit the Pog, Mr. Macca, Vinegar Tom, and the very generous Ski Sky. And finally, we have the very generous Jens Herman. Thank you very much, Jens. We hope you are married, and I can't say it, D.N. Roasten on an open fire. Thank you so much, Pod Squad. Three pounds or more. Podiots.com for a shout-out on the next episode of Podiots. What is your guy's favourite name, please? I liked Caroline We Need Detergent. Yeah, me too. Yeah. 
Yeah, mm. me too. That's a winner then. That's the winner right there. there. Now a clean sweep. Peter, what's out on Vidiots? Get ready for this. Six years ago this week. Oh, goodness me. We do actually have one video that had come out this early in the year. Because right. officially we didn't start putting stuff out until the 5th of February. But we did do an announcement video on the 12th of January, which was yesterday at time of release uh, of this episode. And that was simply, We Are The Vidiots. And it contained a load of just fake videos that like because we've not made any videos yet we couldn't really do a proper channel trailer so we just filmed a bunch of rubbish stuff well i don't mean rubbish but i mean wow. you know, random, <laughs> random crap yeah you know? i mean that's what we did for, um, the, for the following eight months as well but still yeah that's true. yeah but uh rubbish as in nonsense uh fake mm. fake news and uh put it together into a trailer so there you go one video we are the idiots yep Disappointed everyone because that's the video that went out when they, uh, the Oxcast essentially teased the return of Shadow of Israfel, or at least that's what everybody yeah. thought. Yeah. <laughs> went out at, was it because it went out at 501, which looked like SOI. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Why did they choose 501? Why not five? <laughs> I don't get I don't it. Know. We were, yeah, that was unfortunate, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Mikey, where are you on the internet? At Parrotboy on Twitter and Instagram. Those are both the best places to keep up with what it is I'm doing these days. Fantastic. And Peter, where are we? We are at um, Confused underscore Dude and That Peter Austin, both on Twitter and also together we are at Team Triple Jump. On Twitter, yes, but more importantly, on YouTube and on Twitch, where we are playing video games, talking about video games, cooking silly food uh, and um, and stuff video game stuff video game stuff absolutely uh why not leave us a five-star review on your platform of choice it helps something to do with al gore's rhythms and we'd really appreciate it why not go check out the other shows on the pickaxe network as well there's some brilliant stuff on there thank you very much we feel like we probably should have shouted out um our pickaxe contact sam who's been Mm. who's always there when we when we need a hand with sorting out the podcast and uh, providing sort of liaison between us and the network and he really helped us last year uh, and of course the pickaxe network itself for having us on the network it's been a pleasure yeah. thank you do you guys have a final question before we fuck off how many balls of porridge do you think you could eat in 10 minutes good question brilliant there we go there we go fantastic thank you so much for listening slash watching everybody we'll see you in a couple of weeks time until then look after yourselves bye 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 bye